0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick bit of housekeeping for you before we start the show, and this is only relevant to those of you who listen to us on the Apple Podcast app or via Apple. So if you don't move along, as the great Obi Wan Kenobi would say, nothing to see here. But if you do listen to us via Apple. Listen carefully, particularly if you're an old school listener of the show. Before we became the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN, when we were the NFL show, you would have got the show updated when we moved without having to do a thing. But that's because the old show had a divert put on it. So to check, you'll subscribe to the new feed because the old one is going to go pretty soon. Check out the Nat Coombe Show. Search for it on the app via the podcast browse section or the store section. If you're looking on the desktop and find our show. And see if it shows whether you're subscribed or not. If you are, great. You're on the right feed. If you're not, hit subscribe and delete the old one. So head on over, not in your library, but actually onto Apple. Search The Nat Coombe Show. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed that you find. Simple. Good luck. Hello and welcome to The Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. Good to have you with us. We've got a lot of pods coming your way Over the coming weeks and fine guests, NFL UK royalty, I would go that far. Uh, Neil Reynolds, J Bell, Carlson. Uh, what a holy trifecta that is, uh, sir. Chats with all three of those come up over the next couple of weeks with a chats and fantasy as well. Uh, get you set post free agency and the draft, uh, with an early look at 2020 fantasy because there will be a season, gang. I am confident. I'm optimistic. I am positive about it. Uh, sir, keep your eyes and ears peeled for pods dropping all the way through May. Uh, but let's get straight down to business. this time around, he'll be looking back at the 49ers draft. I'm sure we'll get into that and plenty more besides with our regular friend of the show, comedian, presenter, Tom Deacon. Thomas Deacon. Have I? Ever, are, you, are you a Thomas? Are you, have I ever called? Can I call you Thomas? Is that, where are we with Thomas?
1: I can't believe you don't know. Yes, I am a, a straight up, fully qualified Thomas. Uh, a Thomas Holmes, as in Sherlock, uh, Deacon. There you go. Full name for you. <laughs>
0: As in Sherlock, there are so many similarities. Um, yes, the name, the name connection just being name association just being one of them. It's great to great to chat to you, man. How is how's lockdown treating you?
1: I think it's uh treating uh, me the same as it's treating everyone. Look, life is offering us lemons at the moment, uh, but I am sick of lemonade. Uh, that's uh, that's.
0: I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm fed up of lemonade. But however, you know, I'm I'm feeling very blessed. You know, family's well. Uh, we're we're just staying at home, and and um, it's, do you know what? It's mad. Like all my stand-up comedy work has gone out the window. Forget well, I was going to
0: ask it. about that. So, so yeah, what? It, so stand-up and lockdown because other. Uh, other industries, other, you know, other, uh, other careers that involve an audience, uh, are, are adapting, aren't they? So take, for example, yeah. I don't know, fitness instructors, right? They're sort of doing virtual classes at home or all kinds of classes are being taught at home. Stand up. Is anyone attempting that? Attempting to do a kind of live show with people watching via Zoom?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, I think every industry is adapting. Personal trainers know that people don't like their bodies. So we're fine. <laughs> so they, they've still got work and, and community. combine know. the two, of
0: course. Do, uh, do <laughs> a
1: bit of PT. Well, I mean, Joe <laughs> Wicks is, Joe Wicks is hilarious. Uh, leave so the man want... alone.
0: Leave him alone. I you Lord uh... Joe Wicks. Oh, okay, Lord. Oh, okay.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I thoroughly was enjoying his his classes, and then once I realized he didn't know where countries were in the in the world, I, I thought I would take a little breather uh, from Joe. Uh, <laughs> the
0: but, but no, between me and you, is I liked him more after that.
1: <laughs> than less, so. Do you know what? I, I just, I just. Anyway, let's let's not get into Joe Wicks. But I, I was doing his workouts. However, you asked me about stand up comedy. It has diversified. People are now going online. They're setting up um, shows. They're just so different. Uh, and as a comedian, as a performer, I haven't been asked to do a straight, what I call straight stand-up comedy where you're telling jokes just to the camera. For me, mm. it doesn't quite work, but hey, we don't have anything else. Is that good? I think what we have to do now is try and create something that's slightly different. We know it's live, so you interact with the chat. So like every industry, we're, we're trying to work out how... What we, it looks like, yeah. Yeah, because- but, but, but at the same S- time, sorry, Nat, it, it's, it's moving into esports. Another side of my, my world is presenting and yet that's, and that's booming. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I want to talk about that just uh, I really think the F1 stuff. It is great and you involved with, with Cami, uh, amongst others, which is, um, just a surely a bucket list moment for you, but, <laughs> but just a quick line on this, on the stand up and connect that to SNL as well that in the States and Saturday night live rolling out shows, but without the live audience. And this is obviously something that. I think we encountered with the draft and that was successful. And we'll obviously talk about the draft and talk about your 49ers and how they did as well. That, that worked, you know, everyone, I think by and large enjoyed that whole, that whole process and it didn't matter, uh, or at least it certainly didn't dramatically alter the enjoyment of, of Mm. the draft, not having that live audience, but live sport is, it's a huge concern, isn't it? That there's going to be an, just an altogether, Different proposition without fans. And, 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 I guess that's, you know, you're seeing that first time with, with things like stand up and we're seeing it with, with TV shows like Saturday Night Live that just need that energy, need the energy of a live mm. crowd. Then it really adapts and, and impacts, I guess, everything that, that unfurls in the same way that comics and performers feed off uh, live reactions of certain players do as well. And so it's yeah. going to be really intriguing, isn't it? If we do get a season, great. But if it's behind closed doors for, for much or all of it, not sure how I feel about that at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree, it, and and it, it's so relatable. Uh, not not necessarily uh, stand up straight to uh, the NFL that we absolutely love, but but in terms of, you know, I know that I have a better gig when the audience are giving me more. It, it's it's to and fro. It's it's that chemistry and the likes of. I mean, I, I saw quite George Kittle, uh, the tight end for the Niners, saying he was. He wouldn't mind going to play at the Seahawks, uh, because then they won't be on his back, you know, and, and, and so I suppose. it's it's a negative and a positive it depends on how you look at it but personally myself stand-up comedy uh is the most awkward thing uh talking to my phone recording myself telling a joke and there's no response and i have to look like (laughs) this is the most normal thing in the world and it's not normal this is completely beyond our our wildest thoughts that this would be happening but hey this is the state of play do we want a season do we want a draft yes i enjoyed it uh was it the usual the same no but it was completely different, you know, but I, I, I don't mind that.
0: I want to get, I want to get your take on, on not just the 49ers, but, but speaking of stand-up, Goodell's deft one-liners to the wall of uh, fans each time, which is my, absolutely my favourite part of the whole, the whole thing. Uh, but let's talk before, before we get into that, the uh, gaming you're doing and, and, and Yes. Yeah. Um, as opposed to you know your your private gaming that you're doing at home with your mates, but the uh, <laughs> professionally speaking hosting hosting esports because that is really flying right now. And you're doing the F1 stuff on Sky Sports, of course. And yeah. as I say, you're getting involved with with Cammy and Ben Shepherd and lots of other uh, dignitaries and famous faces from uh, from the world of sports in the UK. So, t- so tell us about that. And, that, and it's great. It's really flying at the moment. It makes a lot of sense that it is, of course.
1: Yeah, it, well, listen. Um, the, 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 the two separate things, the F1 and Cammy, do not go together. So they're very different. Disappointing. Me. <laughs> I know. mean, <I'm, laughs> uh, did you see who won the race? Uh, I didn't, Jeff. Um, <laughs> uh, the the F1 esports has been going for the last three years, and I've been very fortunate mm. to be the host of that. And that's uh, pro drivers who, who are in the sims um the simulation drivers the 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 top of their game i guess um they got signed by the f1 teams but now all of a sudden there's no actual grand prix so the people at F1 said, "Why don't we have the virtual Grand Prix?" And instead of just having F1 drivers, we'll have a mixture of celebrities. So the likes of Sir Chris Hoy joined in the first week. Uh, you'd also have uh, Ian Joe Johnson. Wicks. No, Joe Wicks, no, because unfortunately, when we said we were at the virtual Grand Prix in Bahrain, uh, he ended up in a different country. Uh, so <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> so listen, uh, we, we we had that, and it's it's more of a kind of fun entertainment side when. In the esports world, there are sim races uh, and tournaments going on at the moment. There's one for Porsche at the moment where it's $200,000 up for grabs for the winner. Um, that's one level and that's... I'd say serious sim racing. And then what yeah. we're doing is providing something very entertaining on a Sunday night. Now Natalie Pinkham's joined from the Sky oh, F1 that, team. Yeah.
0: Of course, a lot of our older school fans will remember from, from the Channel 5 series back in the day with, uh, with me, her and Trevor Nelson. That is a deep dive going back. That's 10 years wow. ago. I think that was. Or maybe, but yeah, it's about 10 years we made that a long time ago. Yeah. And but she it, loves her NFL. Br- she, she is, is is fantastic and i think
1: what that does is it says to people who are watching on sky sports hey hang on a minute i know natalie pinkham from from what i know as the real life races and yes. she's on board with this oh this is great and hey look it, it alleviates uh a little bit of that competitive nature but also it's entertaining from the mundane of of, of staying at home so so that's Which brilliant nfl and then,
0: player would make the best uh e-sports formula one driver
1: oh um i don't know someone like i can only talk from from the the niners perspective of but course. richard
0: sherman richard sherman the guy <laughs> with the iqs cool. but then again yeah.
1: he's he's lost a bit of pace so maybe he wouldn't be the ideal candidate for Did you see matt a...
0: stafford the other day He was asked some ridiculous arithmetic question like what's oh, that was 945 times 755 and he was like hang on hang on and answer." so stafford would be good yeah Eddie. But... Any quarterback would be, would be strong, I guess, for the mental smarts.
1: But it was when he was kind of like, he was tapping with his fingers, like a, like the rain man, uh, that I thought, whoa, this guy's got the tangibles, uh, right there. Um, Big time. But yeah, the, the F1's brilliant. I hope it's entertaining people and, and, and they're enjoying it. And then also the other day, uh, working with, uh, Ben shepherd and Cami with a whole host of celebs like Dillian White, uh, Lando Norris from F1, uh, Stuart Broad, who's actually, uh, actually got a sim, rig for f1 he'll be racing wow. on sunday with ben stokes uh, y- you've got that um element and that was to raise money for the nhs so i don't know people seem to see me as uh, someone who can host on on e-sports and. Um... I, I, look, hey, I, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and um, as there's no stand-up comedy, uh, I, I'm more than happy to to, to dive into that world. I well,
0: I think it's a, make congrats first things first, and it's a, it is a, g- a great time to be involved with it because inevitably with lockdown and with so many sports in hibernation and so much inertia in terms of live sport, esports. And I know it's a, a kind of nebulous terms like esports, There are you know so many different entities and strands and, and varieties, mm. but but virtual gaming is 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 flying, and and I think we all knew it was, and I think it's a generational thing. We've, we've spoken about this before, but I think on the show and on uh, offline, right. That it is yeah. going to be, I, I just take my, my kids as, as an example. And there's, you know, they're still, um, you know, too young to, to kind of really be watching competitive stuff like that. But, but their life is all about gaming and, and, you know, their YouTube, their YouTube diet is all about gamers and gaming and FIFA and Fortnite. And there's it, it a whole generation coming through that quite conceivably could, at the very least like e-sports as much as live sports, but quite possibly be far more into virtual gaming than, than or to gaming, I should say virtual sports than, than the actual sports. It's a fascinating time and a brilliant time for you to be involved with mate. So rolling it well done on that. Speaking of virtual, let's talk about the draft because it, it you know, for me, as I said at the top, it, it absolutely worked, I think. And there were lots of reasons why it did the, the, well-documented humanization of it because they had kids and family running around. And I think everybody enjoyed that and the the insight into people's houses. I was listening to Ross Tucker the other day, friend of the show, Ross Tucker, who uh, on his podcast was saying, it was it, what amazed him. Actually, I think it was his co-host on it, Andrew Brandt, who's, who's brilliant and uh, very sharp mind, who used to work in uh, the front office, I think back in the day at the Packers, uh, but was a front office guy for a long time. And he said he couldn't believe how many, How many people, when you consider that GMs and coaches, they're all millionaires, right? They're all earning top dollar how how few of them had their own office at home that's the thing that what people have to understand we
1: see them as like oh they're the gm of the of the green bay packers i, I bet they're absolutely rolling when they come home and family life i mean as you know you, you know you're not the king anymore um <laughs> you do not rule the roost uh i mean right now for example i'm in the spare room uh i'm i'm there's washing that needs hanging uh there's washing that needs sorting i you're mean free this to
0: multitask is
1: thank you I, i'm not so great at the folding but uh listen i mean that's the nature of it and i, and I thoroughly enjoyed seeing part of that and looking at cling, uh, cliff kingsbury's gaff unbelievable scenes i mean what a palace that was and and then you compare <laughs> compare that to uh with the gm from the the new york giants and and the fact that they were allowed a couple of tech guys that's in
0: what, each yeah
1: yeah in each in each house and it was, it was bizarre. I wanted them to hurry up at times. And I also wanted to know what the trade implication was, you know, like is it? A fifth round pick that's been Mm. traded. You know, they would say things that was my only critique of it was, and, and the fact they didn't, I guess, critique each trade. They just kept saying, this is a great pick for the Steelers. What a great pick. No one was saying, well, actually I think it's uh, a a bad, but you know what I mean? I didn't think there was enough of that, which we normally have. However, In the circumstances, the virtual world was—I I genuinely found it pretty fascinating to, to look into other people's lives. And and, uh, and Roger Cadell going, "Come on, guys, you could do better than that." And uh, then turn every time—that
0: <laughs> was right, my favorite bit. Or well, just I like the ones where there was no dialogue; and there was just a, a slightly kind of menacing card that all, all winding them up, like stoking them up to give. And often <laughs> that was quite in Congress, where he was doing the kind of gestures of like, "Come on, I could take it." You know, bring on your worst, and they weren't really doing that. They were just all kind of wrapping around in there. there And and also, there was, there was,
1: I noticed, I was looking quite intently as I was at that that hour in the morning. I I was just looking, I was like, okay, what are the fans? Are they all dressed up? And then I'd go, how many cheerleaders have joined this (laughs) team? And I was like, that's a, that's a heck of a lot of cheerleaders. Why haven't they got more fans? I thought that was quite, it, it made me chuckle a little bit.
0: I might well go back through the broadcast again and really study the wind. <laughs> just that I might write a 5,000 word essay on the Commissioner Goodell uh, in, <laughs> just before each pick, moments, but, but, 10 seconds of each one. But what I, what I thought was beautiful, eventually he stood for the
1: first part, then he sat down, then he was slouching by the end. And I thought, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Roger.
0: It's, it's, it's a long draft. <laughs> in his bunker so it, it, good draft for the 49ers by by all accounts a lot of people i, th- I suppose putting it in uh, combination with free agency as as well and, and of course busy old movements around the draft so we'll look at the picks in a moment trent williams uh, coming and you got to be happy about trent williams joining I mean, this, the ranks
1: this guy's a, a pro bowler this is a, a some say a left tackle maybe I don't know Hall of Famer but this guy is clearly got the talent he wanted to be paid more at the Redskins they said no they had an opportunity I think it was last season to get a first round pick for him and they said no we know best and and guess what the Niners uh stepped up and offered a couple of mid-round picks one for next year the year after or or no I think it was this year so we got a brilliant left tackle um for next to nothing uh on a one-year deal you know it's it's you know, prove it, Um because unfortunately, Joe Staley has called time on a on a on an incredible career. Yeah,
0: that's a big void to fill. So it was a fifth this year, and then a third next year, which he's good value for, as you say, a a, a pro bowler. And I know that there's been issues with, you know, with him at the Redskins, but I think that is as much, if or significantly, down to, to the Redskins as opposed to as oh, opposed yeah. to Trent Williams. I don't think there's any suggestion that there is. I was chatting to Greg Roosevelt about this the other day, actually, saying, is, should they, is there an element of risk here? Is he known as a bit of a, a, bit of a troublemaker when you're prolonging, uh, you know, deal negotiations and it turns sour? How much of that is on the player? And of course, of course it changes on a case by case, but I don't think anyone thinks this, it, Trent Williams is a bad egg. And, and no. to come in, his ability is undoubted, but also, as you say, to replace a character like, Joe Staley that is a huge void to to fill and there are a handful of players that would be able to do that I reckon and he sounds like he's one of them
1: yeah and and also people have to remember that that uh, Shanahan uh, first pick uh, at the Redskins um, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's dad uh, had um, the first pick was Trent Williams so you know this is this is not a guy that's unknown to Kyle and and what he brings behind the scenes so if anyone knows what the guy's temperament, character is all about. It, he wouldn't pick him otherwise. So to mm. to get him, I think that fills a hole. And, and you mentioned about free trades and and um, on the trade block. Who was going to be an expensive player for the Niners and filling to that salary cap uh, was DeForest Buckner, and he's now gone yep. to the Colts. We got that third, uh, the first round pick, which we ended up replacing him like for like. And yep. and this is what I love about the draft was that we should get C.D. Lamb. He's still on the board. We should get so and so. And and even I was like, we we could get an amazing wide receiver here. Um, but <clears throat> the, the the Niners uh, have gone for a front uh defensive uh, player uh, for the last five out of the seven picks that we've had in the first round and it was always going to be uh, Javon uh, Kinlaw who is a like for like replacement and is cheaper so i like the fact that they've looked at the books and it's been a good managerial um, pick as
0: opposed to the the, the flashy one because it was such a deep draft uh, as we as as we knew for receiver and a lot of players I, I guess outside of the that top 3 of and it was a surprise i guess that rugs went First, although not a surprise that he went to to Vegas first <laughs> they love their speedsters. But you know, outside of those top three with him and CeeDee Lamb and, and Jerry Judy, then it was I kind of pick him really in many people's eyes with a you know maybe seven or eight additional other receivers. And I'd seen a lot of different mocks with different players higher up and certain buzz about certain receivers. And Brandon Ike was one of those receivers that a lot of sharp minds were saying, you know, watch this guy, he is uh, uh, a hell of a pick, hell of a receiver, the Arizona state uh, wide out that went to you in the second round. So uh, when you factor in the lineman he got uh, in the third round, right. And the Kip, Colton McKibbitts, it's a, it's a pretty strong one, two, three, a lot of the draft grades for the 49ers. Very, very high. And the guys that are watching uh, these good players in and out, we can week out at college. I know Ben Isaacs, our very own college expert, very big on, on what you guys did. So, yeah, you gotta be happy. And he picked up a receiver right at the end as well, didn't he? The seven, Um yeah. Juwan Jennings.
1: Yeah, I think, um, what was interesting, you mentioned about the, the wide receiver. I Yes, we needed a wide receiver because, um, Sanders had gone, uh, off to the Saints. So, so we needed a, a replacement, uh, and, and, and yet we're now stacked with wide receivers, you know. Dante Pettis, uh, we got rid of um, uh, Goodwin. He's gone to the, the Eagles. They were desperate for wide receiver. But Brandon and I, we actually traded back up uh, with the Vikings to get him. So we gave away sort of fifth round uh, picks to make sure that we got him. So uh, to me, there's a lot of pressure on him, but I mean, the talent's there. And Juwan Jennings dropped in terms of, uh, it, on his combine wasn't up to what people expected. So he dropped down and I think he could actually be a real surprise pick I'm very happy at with that draft um, we were already hey let's not forget we were at the Super Bowl I think this plugs a few gaps what I do think is interesting in terms of cornerback uh, we didn't address that potential need mm. um, and, and I think this is what everyone every team is now thinking or the fans are thinking well, did we address that did we fix this problem um, but but I 100% behind
0: uh, uh, Shanahan and uh, Lynch
1: is, is, is draft on this one
0: and you've got to be reveling in what's going on with the Packers, uh, which has taken an interesting turn in the last 24 hours or so with an interview that Brett Favre gave with Rich Eisen. And Favre talked to Aaron Rodgers, and he, and he was careful and discreet and made sure he didn't disclose too much information. But he, I think he suggested that Rodgers was understandably surprised <laughs> with the fact that, yeah. that they took Jordan Love in the first round. And it, it's such an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because you think about how... Rogers fell in the first round in the draft that, that he was in and fell to the Packers and he became the ultimate replacement for Favre and there wasn't a huge amount of love lost uh, between them. And then now Rogers is, is finding himself in the same situation. I think a lot of people are scratching their heads with this deal saying with a win now approach, which the Packers definitely have. And this was a point Favre was making in his interview with Eisen that there are a number of teams in the NFL that are in, in win now mode, right? There are clearly some teams that aren't that are developing works in progress transitional all that jazz but the packers are are a a serious contender so uh, with undoubtedly a future hall of fame quarterback in in aaron Rodgers, so why on earth wouldn't they be concentrating on arming him particularly when there's such a significant need for receiver for example and it's the best wide receiver draft in 10 years why would they be spending a pick on the future. I guess the counter-argument to that, and people are saying, well, look at the Packers' approach to quarterback play. They've had an elite quarterback, a Hall of Fame, a franchise quarterback for what over 20 years, right, from the, the, the succession from Favre to Rogers, And they're in that game. And I think, well, if we've got an opportunity, this is our guy, and they, they really buy into him, then, then this is our guy. We've got to take that opportunity. And I, and I, and I kind of understand that logic as well, that we don't know... Clearly, they're into Jordan Love. otherwise they wouldn't have drafted him in the first round. But we don't know just quite how much they're into. I think this is our guy that can take us forward. We think we've got a decent shot. As people have suggested, look at how firm the conviction the Chiefs had with Patrick Mahomes. And at the time, you know, he was, sure, a quarterback that had potential, but he wasn't a lock-style quarterback in the same way that Joe Burrow is supposed to be. You know, the eyebrows raised that they took my home, so they believed in him, and that worked out pretty well. So, what have you made of it? Which side of it are you on? Is it out of order to Aaron Rodgers, or do you understand that the Packers' mindset that this is a guy that can be a franchise quarterback for ten years that supersedes any other need right now?
1: Mm, it's a. Uh, I mean, you make so many brilliant points there now uh, i don't know I, I i the proof isn't a pudding i think we we all know that uh, as nfl fans but the draft is all about where you can get good value for your picks um and the higher the pick you want them to be start now uh, and and um be slot straight in into your team that you already have and and there's no way that that he can do that you know because mm. you've got aaron Rodgers. so to me it's Jordan Love coming in now, great. If you think he's the future of the, the franchise, brilliant. But what does it say to Aaron Rodgers that you've not picked a blue-chip player of, of brilliant value that can slot into the team now to help
0: Aaron Rodgers win another
1: Super Bowl? To, to me, I I think... Um, yeah, it's a double
0: whammy, isn't it? It's like not only yeah. have you taken my successor or somebody you think could be my successor because really, presumably, that's why you've taken him. You've taken me in the first round, so you've, you've not offered me anything else... I mean, the Packers will argue they've strengthened elsewhere, but I mean, yeah, come on, in the first round,
1: uh, yeah and and the fact that Aaron Rodgers is uh, you know apart from DeVonte Adams you know what what wide receiver has he really been been given to to, to succeed you know I know Jamal um Adams and and uh, uh and uh, the name escapes me the other running back um Aaron Jones yeah those are your running backs Th- that's that's your weapons to help uh, Aaron Rodgers and then he had uh, Graham who's now left the tight end but you're like well, how are you helping him and I know that Kuntz said uh, uh, the importance of that position to our franchise is something to me that just can't be overlooked. Great, but but why now? Why such a high pick? Um couldn't and and he must and they must Matt LaFleur think that Jordan Love is extra special, but the fact of the matter is us fans and people who who follow this will not get to know whether that's going to come to fruition or not until Jordan Love plays and until Aaron Rodgers um retires so this is something that we're going to have to think about uh or, or wait and see what happens until it actually does but at the moment i i've decided uh now nah, uh i think it's uh it's it's a, it's, a, it's a terrible pick <laughs>
0: terrible there we go you, you this is you're wrestling about as before. force you land on terrible pick and yeah I, yeah i uh I, I it'd be interesting the reaction that it creates and engenders with with rogers obviously he's pretty fed up about it but given it's a, ter- it's a terrible pick right now I
1: think that's all we can say for the draft for me why not make the Green Bay Packers uh get a wide receiver get someone who could or a tight end yeah. that can help Aaron Rodgers and in the meantime uh take a quarterback that you you think highly of in the third but that's you, you don't get one of those quarterbacks so I suppose if they really believe that Jordan Love is the future take him now but hey you've got some explaining to do and and uh, and, and i imagine there's lots of uh, gifts gift set like a box set arriving at aaron Rodgers's now like <laughs> we still think you're the
0: guy we still love you is there a fruit bowl there's a yeah. i think there's a fruit bowl uh, two words for yet tom Deakin, mike glennon oh. i mean why did not they look at glennon of course mike glennon the quarterback of the future
1: we all loved Hard Knocks. Uh, we all liked watching Mike Glennon. I mean, McCown, you know, Josh McCown is is not ready yet to be an analyst. So why not,
0: <laughs> why, not why not take that old timer? What about J- the Jameis Winston deal? What do you make of that? The one year deal he signed for barely over league minimum money at, at the Saints. And he's talked about it being like a Harvard education. I think it was the, the analogy he gave working under, under Drew Brees. and A lot of people like, respect the deal, I think, respect the fact that he's taken a massive pay cut, a one-year deal, to A, learn and hone his trade, to sit and regroup a bit, given his obvious talent and his, conversely, his obvious flaws. And I suppose it's quite shrewd as well, because he's watched what Teddy Bridgewater did in New Orleans last year and re-upped into a starting gig. He watched what Tannehill did going to Tennessee and biding his time and re-upping into... Uh, not only a starting gig, but a massive contract. And he's thinking, well, actually this is, I'm, I'm young enough. I've got the opportunity here to to do that. But a lot of people like the fact he's taken this path. What do you make of, of Jameis going to the Saints? Uh,
1: personally, I, I love it. I think, um, you know, uh, all the talk about Jameis Winston being a franchise number one quarterback. I think at times he's shown that. And a lot of other times he has definitely not shown it. Mm-hmm. And when he said that quote about learning, from Drew breeze and and Peyton, um I think totally. I mean, they're the best of the best. You get to learn from them. When he said that I'll get a Harvard education, what I found quite funny about that was when he was uh, sitting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had a Harvard education, so he actually literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so literally he could have learned from from Ryan. And but you know, Jameis <laughs> showed. So many moments uh, in, in last season where he was he was lights out, five thousand yards, yeah. thirty touchdowns. Yeah. However, the other bit of that is the thirty interceptions and and killing uh, the the Bucks at times. They've upgraded, they've gone to Tom Brady, and where was Jameis going to go if no other team mm-hmm. came for him? It, we saw what happened with Teddy Bridgewater at the Saints different circumstance he was coming back from a, a almost a career-ending injury but he's right. allowed himself to go all right I've learned and Jameis gets that it'll be interesting to see what happens between him and Taysom Hill because Taysom comes on as, as a kind of gadget uh, quarterback um, and he's just signed a big contract so I think more than anything hey it's not always about the money. learn from this Jameis prove to other GMs around the league that you can learn you can be ma- more mature and then maybe the Saints will get a, a high or higher draft pick for him. So again, great, um, you know, business sense from from the Saints.
0: Yeah, it is, it is interesting, isn't it? If um, there is a suggestion that this is going to be Brees' last season, you're hearing that hearing that buzz that he, he's going to have one one left and he's done. So that will become interesting, I guess. Jameis's people there, and therefore Jameis must have wind of that as well uh, it's quite in, in, it's instrumental if you're signing a one-year deal and the quarterback in front of you who is one of the greats of all time you know he's got three or four more years left in the tank that's a very different proposition yeah. right but there, there could conceivably be a starting gig in new orleans next season now teddy got the opportunity to show what he could do to, to parlay into a starting gig Tannerhill got the opportunity because marcus Mariota. Wasn't up to it and, and they made the change. That's not going to happen with Breeze unless something extraordinary happens. And there could be an injury there, I guess, as well, which will give, give Teddy, uh, give james the chance to show what he's got. But there might well be the opportunity here that he doesn't get any game time. And then they've got yeah. a, a difficult decision to make. But I guess he's got plenty of, of film and that have been working with him all season long. They won't have been working with him in an orthodox sense in the off season, of course. And that is, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it, Tom? Now we've got, a prolonged period of time where we know that restrictions certainly if not lockdown are going to go on for a very long time and that's going to really impact our teams are getting ready for the season assuming the season starts on time the pre-season the off-season is going to be incredibly different incredibly strange isn't it
1: yeah um it's it's unconceivable it's inconceivable really how that even begins to look at, apparently certain players can go into the facilities but you can't have a full potential 90 man roster uh, uh rocking up on site so what, what do they do do they do they draw up plays and say learn this uh it's <laughs> your mind but your you know the body will not remember uh what we're gonna do in in our practices i mean it it, it is mad it genuinely is mad and well, can the season even start? I mean, I, I saw somewhere that a lot of people in America don't want to go to the stadiums to, to watch the games because there isn't a vaccine. And yet, what does that mean for the players? I know that Von Miller had uh, Corona. So you, you kind of, yeah. like, well, what, how do you even begin to train safely? How does that, the college season won't necessarily start on time. And I think a lot of teams in the draft didn't have a pick for next year. They were like, let's just get a player now um, yeah. mentality. So i can't i mean if it happens behind closed doors fine but you know i worry about it's not like um any other sport there's so many personnel uh in in one team yeah it's gonna be yeah i i personally can't see it so i've enjoyed the draft as much as i could
0: (laughs) (laughs) we'll get on that virtual madden gravy train yeah (laughs) that's the presumably that's the logical next step for you right
1: uh, it, yes, uh yes it is. And uh, I don't want to say that I've won four Super Bowls with the super um with the Niners, um because that uh-huh. would be hosting. Uh but um but I did trade <laughs> out Jimmy Garoppolo and bring in Nick Mullins for because of uh, financial things. Did
0: you yeah <laughs> and you still want to still want a super Bowl. where did you deal Garoppolo to? Uh
1: I dealt him to the Dolphins. Um Ah <laughs> oh, I love it. He'll 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 come back to haul you. Yeah, um, sorry, Nat, You you said about um uh, about Jameis. I, I can foresee the the storylines for whenever the season does start, and and like you say, like I'm hoping it starts as soon as it's safely possible to do so. But what I love about the Saints in this draft is they've taken Jameis on board for relatively not a lot. They get to look at him up close. And know whether he could be the replacement for, for Breeze. Then you'll have the playing out of Taysom Hill, whether he is vying for that number one spot. That could be the future storyline. But when mm. you look at the Eagles and they took Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yeah, I
0: love that. I just was so shocked at that. And oh, it, I love the Hurts pick, but hey, that's for another time. I'll, uh, okay. well, I, uh, I, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the pick, even though I know a lot of people, a lot of people weren't, but I think there's a huge amount of, of upside there, but it does open up a, a can of worms as to what they're thinking about Carson Wentz sorry I cut, I cut you off with Flo though no no I, 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 I think there's so
1: many things that happen in the draft but with with Jalen Hurts when we talk about value and Jameis has that value or potential value to offer something back to the Saints and if Breeze gets injured like he did last year and Teddy Bridgewater came in he can step up and we know he's got an absolute cannon of an arm uh, to to, to um, zing it out to Thomas and and Sanders but with Jalen Hurts going in the second round, if he's not going to start, I personally see that as being, where's the value now uh, when you might trade him in years to come? Because you've got Carson Wentz. It's a different story. Carson Wentz has probably got years on him still, whereas Breeze <sighs> hasn't. And it's yeah. interesting to see how teams navigate through that. And
0: um, yeah, it's it's, it's remarkable. As you wisely said, man, we have no bloody oh, idea until three, <laughs> three, four years down the line is when we'll, you know. And this is we see it every time, you know, top two picks. That Blake Bortles was the third overall pick, for goodness' sake. So there are who, who knows? Look at where Russell Wilson went and where he landed now. Look at Dak Prescott, same thing. Uh, it is great to catch up with you, man. It is uh, great to hear that things are flying so well for you, and I'm glad you like the 49ers draft as well. Uh, look after yourself, Deeks, and uh, come
1: and check in with us soon. Ah oh, man, I'd love to, uh, and a massive shout out to, uh, hope that everyone listening is, is safe and well and looking forward to it now.
0: lovely to catch up with tom uh, sky sports is where you watch his uh, e sports f1 stuff tom h deacon is how you follow him on twitter so he'll be pushing that stuff out and other stuff he is involved with comedy wise uh, go and show him some love and get behind him uh, right uh neil reynolds that pod is what we're going to be dropping next keep your eyes in his peeled should be sometime next week but as i said at the top of the show pods coming thick and fast so stay with us keep safe gang. catch up with you soon Podcast Network.